Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And the reason that we live up here is because it does not get hot in the summer. In fact, Phoenix folks have summer homes up here in God's country. It's so nice. In the winter, okay, so it turned a little cold this week. It actually feels like winter, but we like four seasons. So a little snow, yeah, it's okay. It, it thaws off pretty quick. We're right back at it. Even dressing in layers, you get hot. I dress in the morning, have four or five or six layers on. And right now I'm in the studio, came came in from the garden center, and uh, I've got, what is this, three layers on. And I've got a, a nice stocking cap on, and I'm a little bit hot. Some of the summer folks, they'll come up here, the Phoenix folks, are going, oh, it's so cold. Oh, my goodness. you There's an inch of snow on the ground. How do you live? But the rest kind of go, yeah, it's fine. It's good. You got to watch the ice a little bit. This was an icy event this this week. So that's not as fun. I love waking up and watching just, you know, four inches of powder out there over the trees. We did see some damage to the trees mainly. So some ponderosa pines are blowing over. Uh, if there was any kind of root damage, let's say, they root, they rot it off, or you've got some construction. You had to cut some of the roots. They haven't quite grown out and recovered, or they went from super dry to super wet, which was last year really dry. This year had some monsoons, and so there was this extreme change that affected some of the roots. You put a tremendous wind gust with a little bit of snow or ice, even worse, sometimes those branches can break or they can just fall right over because there's tremendous force on some of these evergreens. You put a 50, 60 mile of wind on, on a ponderosa pine or, or pinyon pine or something, it, it's, it's going to wreak havoc. It's going to stress the limits of the strength of that tree. That's why when a, with a brand new plant, new, let's say you put a brand new Colorado spruce, or, or Vanderwolf pine, Austrian pine, whatever, whatever evergreen tree you've got out there, you plant that. The first year or two, we like to stake that tree. It's heavy. It's, it's, it can hold up to the wind itself. But what happens is you get some of this heavy ice, and then you, you put some wind on that, and it can, it can move that root ball that hasn't quite rooted in yet. And so those fine root hairs that have been rooting out, they're probably still doing that. Real fine uh, white root hairs, uh, the, the, you lose all those as that root ball shifts just because the wind moved that top growth, you break some of those root hairs. Does it kill the tree? No. Will it set you back by six months of root growth? Yes. So if you simply put a stake on either side, even though it's way overkill, the only reason we're doing that when we first planted that first year is to keep that heavy weather events this time of year that now through the end of the year and, and very late, kind of late winter, early spring, you get these heavy, wet snows can cause that kind of damage. And so that's the reason we do that. And so we did see some of that damage show up, not mainly on, on young trees. They were too small. 
some of the big boys, like uh, one of our staff members, a big, and we're talking uh, a ponderosa pine, you can't put your arms around, blew over. Luckily, it didn't land on the house, went across the driveway, but still, that's spooky. And you didn't see it coming, but it was pretty ferocious earlier in the week. So wind is not going to affect things. If if uh, you had some broken branches, you're fine. Clean them up. You're going to be pruning after the new year anyway. So our pruning season here in the mountains of Arizona for most things is usually the new year through through March. Some you should get it done by March. It's a it's a big window. You got three months. We prune up prune up the fruit trees like apples and pears and cherries, and we shape the the shade trees so they get fuller. We we kind of tr- groom the evergreens, the shrubs. It just depends on what it is. We'll hold off on pruning back all the spring bloomers. We don't prune those in that time frame. We wait till they're done blooming. So a, uh, uh, lilacs, forsythia, uh, uh, rhododendrons, azaleas, all these things that bloom early in spring, late winter, early spring, you let them bloom. And after they're done blooming, then you start to shape and prune back and get, get them back under control. Uh, if you prune them back now, you're fine you'll just cut off the flowers. So you'll have this beautiful shrub, beautiful lilac, and no flowers or funky looking flowers. It's better just enjoy the flowers, then uh, enjoy the fragrance, and then you go ahead and trim them back then. So that's kind of the, that's your, if you had some broken branches, I'd say you're not in a rush uh, unless it's 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 going to fall and break. If you got a, a big notch in there that, that kind of half of it is breaking in two, that's pretty serious because the next windstorm, will cause some issues, so it can break further. But mostly, you're probably fine. So right now, what I'm worried about is my pond. The pond is starting to freeze over. I've not had any ice in the pond until this week. So I've got this beautiful kind of waterfall, kind of creek coming through the backyard. This sounds really good. I keep it running for the birds. So they come down and they'll use that as a water source because water can become scarce for birds, especially as it freezes over. So I just keep water in the front yard and the backyard just for them. I only water, I only run it during the middle of the day when it's warm, even in January. It's not freezing at noon, two o'clock, three o'clock. It's, it's freezing at night. So I just change when the run cycles are and I let it run. I am putting a pond heater this weekend. I'll probably do it tomorrow. I've got a pond heater that I don't keep in the pond all the time but I do put it in when I start to see ice. And so what a pond, I've got a floating pond heater. Now they also make the ranchers, you folks tuned in from the ranch, you know, the bigger properties, you've got cattle and goats and sheep and just, you've got bigger game animals. There you've got a, a, a stock tank heater. Typically it's sunk towards the bottom uh, and then it heats up the, the water from the bottom up. In, in residential, usually we're doing a floating pond heater. It just, I've got a pretty decorative rock. I mean, it seems funny to have a rock floating in the water, but that's what it is. And I put it down by my skimmer. And so it keeps my, uh, a hole open. It doesn't keep the entire pond thawed, but it keeps a portion of that pond thawed, keeps it open. And so it keeps, I want to put it down where my skimmer is. So it keeps that hole down there. And then it warms that water up as it goes into the skimmer. I don't want that water where the skimmer is, that's usually where the pump is as well. 
you can have a thousand dollar pump. I think the last time we replaced it, it was twelve hundred bucks. So it's a pretty big. It's a big pond. Okay, it's a it's a big waterfall. It's three inch, two inch, two inch pipe that's that's feeding this thing. So it, it moves some water. And so there I've got, I don't want that to freeze. So just putting my pond in there and I plug it in. It's got an automatic thermometer. So at 35 degrees, it activates. And then when it's above that, it turns off. So it's automatically turns on and off as the pond needs that. And so it keeps me from having to replace hardware, the pond, uh, the, the pumps. And then it keeps a hole open. Keeps This is especially important if you've got fish. If you've got koi and goldfish and you know, mosquito mosquito fish and some of these other other types of of decorative pond out back backyard uh, fish that we have, they don't like to be underneath solid ice. There's some toxic. Uh, um, the air starts to change within the water when you do that. So you want to keep at least a hole open, and you don't need a pond heater to do this. You could. So a tennis ball in there, and as it warms up, it'll keep a hole. It lets the gases underneath that that ice to, to kind of vape off. If you just leave it frozen, they become drunken, half they become intoxicated, asphyxiated even, and they can it can affect them. And some of your koi, I don't know if you've priced out large prized koi, they can be hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. You want to take care of those, so don't let those those kinds of ponds freeze over solid. Just keep a hole open. And so what I find, it's easiest for me because I don't have to think about it. I just throw my floating pond heater down by the skimmer, plug it in, and voila, I'm done. I'll keep that through February, first part of March, and then we're done freezing. The deep cold's done, and I just take it out and store it for the rest of the year. Got a lot in store for you. Lisa Waters Lane, she's coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Prescott Alberta spruce. This perfectly shaped tree displays dense green needles which are as soft as a teddy bear. The perfect front yard Christmas tree for holiday lighting and oh, so beautiful when matched in pairs at the front door. Hand-grown, these are perfectly shaped and sized for home accents and just $69. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love twinkly little Christmas trees, they love to shop. The holidays are here in Arizona's Christmas City, bringing family closer and those chilly winter winds. While you're decorating the outside, don't forget to brighten up the inside with exotic Christmas plants from Waters. Beautiful Christmas cactus and poinsettia are coming to town, grown exclusively by waters in colors you won't find anywhere else. Unique, vibrant, and guaranteed to warm even the dreariest winter day. Check your list twice for exotic Christmas plants at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Mm-hmm. And we've had storms. We've had we've storms. Had, uh, there's been, we scraped ice off on what was it, Tuesday and Wednesday and <laughs> yep. lots of ice melt. And mm-hmm. still, gardeners are coming in. They're still oh, yeah. looking at stuff. It's kind of yeah. fun. It is fun. That's hardcore. Gardeners come to a garden center <laughs> in an ice storm. That's just hardcore. 
Well, dedicated gardeners. There you go. Dedicated gardeners. And <laughs> you have got to be in winter. Oh, yeah. I, t- I talked to a customer um, um, yesterday, this morning. Anyway, sometime. <laughs> it's Some been point. a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind. Yeah. And uh, new from Colorado. Just yeah. came down, sold a ranch up there, bought a ranch down here. And she's going, the weather is so great. I love <laughs> it down here. It's it's minus like two degrees yeah. at, uh, at home. And it's like... 23 here. It's great. It's all relative though, right? (laughs) We were in Phoenix earlier in the week and I was like, oh man, this is kind of nice to have some warmth, but. And they were all in parkas. The the natives in Phoenix were in parkas. (laughs) We're down there in like a t-shirt and it's perfect. Right. But people have been coming in. The questions are there. It's Mm -hmm. it's lighter. It's a lighter flow. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, a garden center. We don't have a tomato plant garden, you know, section right now. We've got. The, the winter vegetables, we've got mm-hmm. those. we got the winter herbs, but that right. full-on huge department that takes up a thousand square feet or more, it's kind of closed off at the moment. Now it's it's winter evergreens, mm-hmm. lots of houseplants. Mm-hmm. The, the hard goods just came in, so pottery's yes. coming in. It's kind of the 2022 stuff mm-hmm. that we ordered like back in August <laughs> is now arriving. Showing up. Yeah. We're kind of looking, for, we've been looking forward to it. Oh yeah, so. definitely. So yeah, it's, it's a good planning time of year. So planning your garden and, you know, especially, especially vegetable gardens, because you oh, do yeah. want to rotate crops. You want to yeah. maybe move things that didn't perform well. You need to move them to other areas. So it, it's a good time to plan. You know what I find now? Is the weather the turn? It went from really nice, almost late summer, early fall. It went from autumn weather to winter, like this week. Yeah. And so we went from oh, it's going to be thirty-eight tonight. Oh, it's so cold. To no, it's nineteen degrees. Yeah. It went like overnight, mm-hmm. and it caught some of the the faucets. I've heard uh, uh, at the higher elevations, yeah, some of the water pipes broke because mm. they just weren't ready. They, yeah. You got to power up the insulate the well. Sure. Watch your backflow preventers, mm-hmm. the faucets, like we put uh, styrofoam, basically covers, cups, yeah. covers <laughs> over top of our outside faucets, even though they're frost-free, mm-hmm. just ensure sure. they don't have issues. So right. that's been some of the stuff. Uh, anyway, what kind of questions we got this week? Is very sure. any good, anything exciting, new? Oh, they're all exciting. Listeners are going to go, wow, I can't believe they just covered <laughs> that over the airwaves. Sure, they're all that way, dear. Uh, in our mind, right. in our world. So Jerry has a question. He has a purple robe locust, fairly good size. With all the wind we had the other night, some broke two or three branches yeah. out of it. Yeah. Kind of left them pretty jagged. Uh, yeah. Wants to know if he should do anything with them at this point. Wait until he prunes. What's your thought? Yeah, so so purple robe locust, just for listeners that don't know what that is, it's a big shade tree. Mm-hmm. And it gets these great big purple flowers that hang down kind of like wisteria flowers mm-hmm. beautiful uh, usually around mother's day so it's mm-hmm. right now it's dormant mm-hmm. it is deciduous that is no leaves on it but it must be a pretty substantial because the wind still or the ice how about the ice got it, it could be ice got on it loaded loaded it down then it just snapped off mm-hmm. if it's just jagged and it's not too bad you don't have two main branches that are kind of wide they're starting to fall apart I would say don't worry about it right now. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the holidays. <laughs> Drink eggnog. Enjoy you don't, you shouldn't be up on a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An ice storm. But after, <coughs> excuse me, anytime after the new year, mm-hmm. I would say when you're pruning everything else. Clean them up. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like you're in a rush mm-hmm. unless it fell on your neighbor's house. <laughs> 
mean, some obvious things, which that didn't seem like Jerry, he wouldn't no. describe that. No. Just so I think the pressure's right. off. I think you're okay. You mm -hmm. might want to open it up or, or, or limit back some. There's some techniques to taking some of the weight mm -hmm. off. You might research some of that or come talk to us, but I wouldn't be worried about it right now. I would say if, if this is the case for this plant, we want to set the stage for robust spring mm -hmm. growth, I might fertilize it. So it's time to fertilize the end of the year. When you fertilize with the all-purpose plant food, the evergreens mainly mm -hmm. keep some green. Uh, so you just chuck it on the ground, let the snows and rains take it down. I would probably recommend that for the, this particular purple robe locust, just because it got broken. I can't mm -hmm. visualize how much that'll help it set the stage, bigger buds for next spring. You get better flowers next year. It'll just help you grow out of any mistake you might make, any broken branches mm -hmm. that might have been there. That, that'd be don't don't worry about it, Jerry. You're good. <laughs> that was that was your long your yeah, short pretty much, pretty much. I gotta <laughs> fill an hour here, so it's winter. It's, there's ice in the ground. The listeners are, are inside <laughs> sipping tea. <They're laughs> well, our next part you can expand upon too. Okay. The next question. It's kind of a two parter question. Okay. So Bonnie brought in some geraniums to winter over. Yeah. So the first part of her question is, should she trim them back uh, to winter them over? And how often should she water? I guess it's a three-part question. There we and go. Part three I don't is... I geraniums indoors. There you go. And part the other part is she's got soil gnats now oh, or gnats yeah. in the house and wants to know... How to get rid of those. So I gather the gnats are in, should, they came in with the geraniums. I believe yeah, so. I'll bet, I'll bet so. So, so. so geraniums are not perennial here. So at the, at the higher elevations, that is, they won't rest underground. They come back fresh every year from the roots bigger than oh, before. No. Like a peony or a coreopsis, echinaceas. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of, of mountain perennials that come back every year. Yeah. Uh, this one will not. So you need to bring it indoors to protect it, to keep it from freezing. And so she's done that. And so when you bring plants from the outdoors indoors, it is very possible to bring what was living in that soil or on that plant inside. Mm -hmm. So she brought in fungus gnats. It's a, it's a little tiny gnat, kind of bugs you. It just gets in front, it's attracted to light. Mm -hmm. Like you'll see them TVs, come at you screen. at your TV, through your computer screens, at the windows, mm -hmm. kind of a nuisance. They're living in the soil, so there's a maggot stage to that particular plant, and they love warm, tropical kind of soils. Mm -hmm. So the, the maggot, the worm, is inside the soil. The, the gnats are just up for, for just a, two, three days, mm -hmm. laying more eggs, and there's a cycle to it. You need to get rid of the gnats, and you're good. The, the, the worms, the larva stage of that, and you're good. So you sprinkle some systemic granules is probably the, come talk to us. We can show you exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. There's some granules called systemic granules, sprinkle on the ground, water it in, obliterates the, the worm. They can, if, if you're not careful though, they'll quickly migrate from the geraniums to your yeah, other houseplants and they can kill your plants. They, they eat mm -hmm. the roots of the plants. This is not good. You should deal with them. So, okay. That, that's how you deal with the gnats. That was the easiest part. Should I trim them back? How, should, how much should I water? Trim them back. I mean, sometimes geraniums are used as houseplants. They can be a little dirty as they as they bloom. They shed some petals and mm -hmm. stuff, but let your robot vacuum vacuum them up. They're fine. <laughs> um, it depends on where she's got them. If it's yeah. in a garage, I wouldn't worry too much. Just let them. Let them be. If they're in a crawl space and in the dark, I'd cut them back hard. Let them rest. Let them go to sleep. If they're in as a houseplant, you know, water them a 
every 10, 14 days, they're fine. Mm -hmm. Treat them like a houseplant. So there's some variables with that. Generally, what we say is prune them back because it gets so big outdoors. Yeah. Trim them back some mm -hmm. uh, so they don't take up so much real estate in your living room or your Arizona room or wherever. And then uh, just water them and care for them. You're going to bring them back outdoors the end of March, sometime first, first of April. You can put them back outdoors. And just they'll start growing again. You fertilize them with that uh, uh, flower power. Mm -hmm. Make a special fertilizer, liquid fertilizer for blooming plants. Mm -hmm. That'll bring them right back into bloom. But that's how you do it. So I'd say that with um, coleus, mm -hmm. bacopa, uh, I mean, impatience. There's so many things you can do that with here. Mandevias. Mandevias. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's so many. Jasmine. Um, um, oh. uh, there's so many. Right. That won't winter over outdoors, but they will indoors. And then if you make a mistake, I know a couple <laughs> that owns a garden center in Prescott that <laughs> would sell you another drainium if you need it there, buddy. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. great questions this week. We are out of time. Thanks, Lisa, for being here. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners here at Waters Gardens. And we'll be right back after these important messages. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Goshiki Holly. Goshiki translates from Japanese as holly with five colors. Its new leaves emerge red, then turn green. The entire top of this holly is draped in colors of cream, white, gray, yellow, and green. This evergreen makes the perfect accent, hedge, or evergreen container for its all-round good looks. A really nice plant that shines through winter is just $39. Waters Garden Center, where people who love Japanese gardens, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Blue Diamond Spruce. The rock star of the evergreen world, it glows silver blue as it reaches 15 feet tall in the perfect evergreen shape. These trees are big, bold, and beautiful, ideal for highlighting garden beds, or used as privacy screens, all for just $179. The start of the rainy season is an ideal planting season. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love perfect blue evergreens, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So we had, it looks like we're winter. And we really turned cold earlier this week. And so at all elevations, really. And so one thing that I personally did, my name's Ken, and we're just friends. We're, we're neighbors talking over the back fence. This is some garden advice. It really works for me. And I think if I share it with you all, it'll really make a difference for you all too. Uh, container gardens, sometimes raised beds, but really pots, container gardens, big glazed containers that are out there in the patio. If you still have plants in those, and I've got quite a few, roses, Taniosho pines, hollies, gardenias, they're all outside. I don't bring them in. They just, they're used to the cold. When those kinds of plants become damaged, because they'll go down to any amount of cold that we can throw at them here in the mountains of Arizona, what they cannot take is being dry 
and then cold. As plants dry out, they become less cold hardy. And this seems counterintuitive. If you and I are out there, we want to stay dry and kind of keep the wind off of us, but not plants. They want to be hydrated. They want to be plump and full, and they'll stand straight up against the wind and the cold and the snow and the ice. So make sure when we see a real cold event like Monday, I was out watering my container gardens by hand. I went, okay, well, irrigation, I don't know if they're wet or not, but I know it looks like it's going to get cold. It's going to turn. It's going to be a major thing. It can shock some of my plants. I, I know they can take it if, I, if they're hydrated. So I went out and just after work, I went out, took a hose, and I just watered those container gardens, big pots. Some of them have trees in them. I watered them until I saw water coming out the bottom, out that hole, out the drainage in the bottom of the pot. Then I knew the entire uh, uh, soil zones, all those layers of potting soil were completely wet. I went, ah, you guys are fine now. You're probably good for the next two, three weeks. Enjoy the cold. And they came through just fine. They were beautiful. Even my pansies, they're still in bloom. I got down, I think, 19 or 21 degrees. It was pretty chilly. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, kind of Thursday of this week, it was pretty chilly in the morning. It's starting to warm up a little bit, but there's still some ice in the back side of the house, the north side. We've got a two-story house, got a beautiful view, mountain view. The house is dug into the side of the hill, classic way you build, at least here in Prescott. And so that two-story house is overlooking the north side. It's beautiful in the summer because it's cool. Keeps us, keeps the wind off of us. We entertain all the time. Hot tubs are back there. The, the waterfalls and, and ponds are back there. But in the winter, it's pretty cold. And so that, that ice and snow kind of settle, settles and kind of sits there for quite a while. It can be days. It's still, I mean, it's been not quite a week, but still there's ice right at the front yard. Yeah, it sees the sun. It's fine. That's why many of your east and south side gardens are so robust. They're the first ones to see the morning sun and they get that afternoon sun. And so those are considered full sun areas. So that snow uh, basically melts off pretty quick over there. On the north and the direct west side or northwest side, it's pretty chilly. And so it gets colder and stays cold. It doesn't see the sun. We're now past the winter solstice. So we're right here at the shortest days. I think it's two days away. And so now the days will start getting longer. Thank goodness. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. I've got a bunch of aphids in my yard. I need it to go colder. One, once and done, isn't it? I want it to stay at that nighttime temperature in the low 20s and the teens because that'll kill off all the bad stuff living out in the yard. So ciliads and aphids and thrip and all those bark beetles, they all get damaged by hard cold. One event doesn't quite do it. But but repetitive, over and over, they start to freeze solid in the, in the trunks of those trees. Those trees, that sap starts to freeze. And so those bugs that are underneath, let's say a bark beetle, underneath the bark, they'll literally freeze to death. And so we need this. So some winters we don't get cold enough for long enough. And so the next spring we have this huge epidemic of aphids or thrip or, or bark beetles, zips beetle, flathead borers. There's all these things that can come back at us. The cold, that's what keeps them in check. So we need this. I'm all in. For, bring on winter. I'm ready for, for Lisa bakes the best cookies. Oh, my gosh. And when it's weather event, she's a baker. 
You can guarantee, you can count on it. I'd go to Vegas on it. She's going to have something baking up in the kitchen. I'm all in. I love it. I love putzing around in my basement, in my garage, and she kind of, I just kind of bring things inside a little bit. I go out and watch my container gardens. So the containers are looking good. Pansies look really good. Hollies look really good. I had uh, jasmine, winter blooming jasmine. It was in bloom earlier this week. I haven't looked at it in the last day or two. I have a feeling <laughs> it's out of bloom, but it's they got tricked and it was so warm. We actually need a winter here. So typically January, usually three to four weeks after the winter, the shortest day, which I think is the 21st, it's you'll you'll get the shortest day about three weeks later, it's the coldest day. So sometimes the, sometime in the middle of January, we'll get our coldest day, and then it starts to warm up. As the days get warmer and warmer, longer and longer, the days get brighter and brighter, it just gets nicer and nicer. And so by the middle of March, into March, it's, it's, it almost feels like spring. You still have some snow and some things that can happen, but it feels nice. So we got more in store for you. Lisa Watersley is coming to share her garden insights right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she could pick out exactly what they were hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose, but hey... It's winter. Gardeners understand. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. Okay, maybe after the same white elephant exchange, it's time to start a new holiday tradition. A living Christmas tree from Waters Garden Center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime, not just a season. When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment. Or Waters will plant it for you, guaranteed. As your family tree grows, have a tree grow with your family from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so Ken and Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week, this segment, and just shares her garden insights input. She just inputs into my life, and then it <laughs> spreads over the airwaves to the audience, and we all become smarter, all because of my lovely bride. Yes. And her garden prowess. Um, I'm done. Yeah, just <laughs> trying. You know, I'm just. I've got all my deadlines for 2022 coming up. So the magazines through through March are pretty much done because mm-hmm. magazines need a lot of lead time to right. get all the, the HD photos or mm-hmm. more expensive to print. January's in the can. So all the newspapers, they're all done. We're, we've got one show left. What this is the last the show before, before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. So next week we will actually air Christmas Day. This show, because we've got the airtime, might as well... Get it going. So welcome yeah. to Studio Lisa. Thank you. So it's been like a whirlwind week. We've been to many, many parties. It's kind of fun this year going back to parties because I don't think last year we did any parties. So it's 
definitely been fun going back to those and doing white elephant gift exchanges. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Listen, for the video folks that are watching the vlog, yes, she's making faces. You can't hear quite hear that over the airwaves. Can't hear but, the sarcasm uh, over the yeah, airwaves. Yeah, I like white, white elephant gifts. It's kind of more as long as you you have your expect, expectations so low mm -hmm. that uh, you just don't care what you get. So what was your favorite one? Well, the favorite party or favorite gift? Favorite gift. My favorite gift. White elephant gift. White elephant gift was I got a handheld Mr. Microphone mm -hmm, did. that I can take with the grandkids and we're going to have a ball with that. We're just going to go <laughs> talk to each other, <laughs> sing, karaoke, uh, just have a ball with the, with the grandkids. So that's mm -hmm. the one that we had. Uh, Rotary had theirs. What yep. was that? Wednesday night at the mm -hmm. Prescott Resort. There was a lot Which of people lovely. there. Mm -hmm. Um, I just basically, and I was running the white elephant thing. You I said, were. pick up my white elephant gift and give it to the bartender, give it to the pianist, give it to, uh -huh. give it to everyone else. Cause I don't want it. And they <laughs> thought it was great after I had worked the tip jar for them all. Right. So we kind of got them tips and yeah. a gift. So mm -hmm. worked out great. So my favorite one was this humongous Nerf gun. Yeah. That I forget which party we got it at, but yeah. I'm going to take that to the grandkids too. And I'm going to shoot the living daylights <laughs> because they're always getting me with yeah. their nerf guns. So the secret is snag all the bullets because <laughs> you shoot them out. You need a pocket full. You need to start out full and have pockets full. And then uh, always have those nerf gun fights at the kid's house. Oh yeah. Not at ours. Cause Ooh. you find nerf, those little nerf bullets every Everywhere. place for hours. Yes. So uh, anyway. Yeah. So I figure this is my opportunity to get even with all the times they've shot me <laughs> through the year. When I'm doing it, I usually turn the lights out. So it's oh. usually me and the kids. <laughs> it's if you turn the lights back on, it's pure dark mm -hmm. nerf fights. Ooh. So you get used to the dark. Yeah. You get you run around, but they get chicken. And they start turning back on, going, "I wonder where he's at." Well, you're so, scary. I and I come, I I'm coming after you! How dare you turn the lights on and shoot him in the forehead with a Nerf ball? <laughs> I know we're gonna get it's some fun. people going. What are you doing? Doing good, but it's it is fun. fun. We have a ball with them. They won't be here for Christmas though. It's no. Nope, we're going a couple weeks afterwards mm -hmm. to go see them. So, yeah. but we are they're of that age where they need to enjoy their house. Yes. make Christmas their Definitely. tradition so mm -hmm. and we're leaving them alone you just kind of let them do their thing and yeah. be fun to wake up and just see the presents under the yeah. tree remember that as a kid and we want that for our kids sure so anyway yes. enough about our our christmas parties and kids and how we're doing our tradition what about garden advice and how to inspire people to plant in the ice I tell you, it gets really hard this time of year. <laughs> At the end of the year, especially. <laughs> you are, because you're just like fried. But um, but yeah, you can still be out there guarding. Oh, Even yeah. though we had ice, the permafrost is like, do we even oh, have yeah. permafrost? It's already so, melted. Oh, yeah. Right. So yeah. you can still dig, which means you can still plant. Oh, yeah. Sure. Definitely. And there's some plants that just perform amazingly well even in the frigid cold you know what i noticed is like we keep a lot of the hollies mm -hmm. um alberta spruce yeah. uh, some of the plants are kind of holiday-ish mm -hmm. we keep them outside mainly at the front so they're inspiring right. people when they come in mm -hmm. they almost look better now yeah after the cold than they right. do before the cold. I mean, they yeah. start to get brighter. The colors get deeper. The junipers start to get a, this turn grays and blues and silvers. Mm -hmm. They start to get some colors. The cotoneaster looks, they get this 
blue and then and then dark green color to them that's really pretty mm -hmm. and the cold activates that and brings the color out in them mm -hmm. it makes them more dramatic oh definitely i mean if, especially if you look at hollies and use i mean they easily go down the negative 20s minus 40 30. or something i mean some we, crazy will, cold. we will hopefully never get that cold here oh, yeah. that's why we live in prescott <laughs> but, yeah but especially the holly right now with the berries on them uh, if you had them by your front door that would just yeah. be so pretty for the holidays in the winter time so yeah they do terrific the ewes do amazing in the cold uh the alberta spruce which you mentioned i mean yeah. they're another one that goes like sub-zero takes yeah, it and keeps on going Even colder mm -hmm. i was helping a gal she came in and she saw uh, out of the front we've got our, our new 20, mm -hmm. 2022 potteries in so mm -hmm. we were showing off some of the new styles it was white white is trending now so mm -hmm. white black and textures and just imprinted there's certain things we we'd shown those off she had a holly in a beautiful white yeah, ceramic pot mm -hmm. she goes i want that for my new house i'm i've only been here one week I want that inside my house. I go, well, that's great. You can't have that plant, but you can that pot. <laughs> Hollies aren't going to like the inside. Mm. They want to be outside. Yeah. But then we took that pot, put it on a cart. We said, let's go in and look at mm -hmm. house plants, tropicals that will grow indoors. Right. And we can keep that same style of pot with something similar. And she was mm -hmm. super happy. She walked, walked off of two, yeah. two things, not just one. Two pots so, and two plants. Yeah, so. she was super happy. Yeah. So. so some of the other plants that do terrific this time of year, uh, I was actually walking through the nursery yard and you know, what stood out at me was the old gold uh, junipers. Yeah. Classic. So that bright yellow on them this time of year is just really shows up nicely out there. Um, and they get what about four by four, three not by four? even four, maybe three foot high, maybe two and a half to yeah. three foot high. They're below my hip. We've got some big ones, but they right. go really wide. So right. they're right. every put stretch your arms out and then even a little bit more mm -hmm. when they're really mature. Yeah, they just look so striking out there in the nursery yard. And yeah. our we, like you said, we have some in the backyard of our house that I love. This time of year, you look out the back window and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Snow and ice over the pond. <laughs> yeah. I got to put the pond heater out. Yeah, anyway. Definitely. The birds would like that. But they really show up very dynamic out there. Um, some of the other ones that I think show up really well this time of year, too, are the hawthorns. Um, I love the hawthorns because they kind of get that almost burgundy. You keep playing with the screen. They get a real almost burgundy color to them with the green. So it's just very attractive to have that kind of winter color on them. Uh, keep their leaves. A lot of times they have berries. So they usually put on kind of a purpley burgundy yeah, berry, right. uh, which the birds love. So you're feeding the birds, but also gives you some more color out there in the yard. Uh, a couple others that do really well is pyracantha. There again, has nice berries yeah, on big it. Orange berries, typically. Orange, orange or red. red. Yep. Yeah, upon the variety. Uh, and they can take the cold just as well as anything else. You wouldn't really think that looking at them with yeah. their leaf but they're yeah. they're perfectly happy out in the cold um mandinas are another one that hey they're like yeah it's cold no big deal i'll just keep looking Nandina, really cool. actually they'll get red now they're starting to turn yeah. red because the cold activates the color in them right so you start to get this red top to them so they almost mm -hmm. become better looking in the cold right right camellias are another oh, one that have, have done surprisingly well and a lot of them are getting ready to bloom they'll probably be blooming i'd say in another month or so yeah 
That's right. Jan so. Into January, February. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Great ideas. So lots of lots and all these plants they're in. You've got oh, these yeah. now. We've okay. got them. We've got them. They're looking good. You can plant mm -hmm. them now. So if you're bored this holiday over the holiday break and you just want to get your feet dirty and get some earth your on your hands <laughs> and, and kind of touch some plants mm -hmm. or just come in and Bring your cup of coffee and Come peruse the gardens. And we got nothing talk else. Talk gardening. <laughs> we love talking gardening with, with gardeners. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Thank you, Lisa. We will be right back right after these important messages. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Gold Euonymus. An excellent choice for colored hedges and as tough as they come. This evergreen displays bold gold, head-high foliage that grows even thicker when sheared. A single shrub makes a bold statement for just $27, but in rows they make excellent visual and sound barriers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love bold gold hedges, they love to shop. The Grinch went to Waters and couldn't believe his eyes. There were cut trees in every shape and size. He could take one home and then toss it after the season. Good! And then he saw living Christmas trees that grow and grow. So it seemed a good reason. A beautiful living tree and have Waters plant it because of his bad knees. Have the merriest of Christmas from all of us here at Waters Garden Center. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So the... Deciduous trees. These are leafy trees, typically shade trees, uh, fruit trees, a lot of your blooming trees like crab apples, red buds. These are all deciduous trees. They look fabulous during the spring, summer, fall, and then they drop their leaves. That's deciduous. Evergreens, these are typically conifers, is what we think of as an evergreen. Conifers are pine trees, spruce, things with a needle. Uh, even yew is considered a conifer. It's a, it's a shrub that's got a needle, a real chubby kind of needle to it. And so these are all conifers. So you get deciduous, evergreen conifers, and then you have evergreen broadleaf evergreens. These are shrubs that have a leaf on them, but they stay green. So these would be like holly, cotoneaster, nandina, red-tipped photinia. These are all broadleaf Evergreen. So this is definitions within the industry where you're becoming a pro just by tuning in each week. But there's some definitions. What really shines right now, a couple things are going on. The this this rain, sun, kind of winter, cold, ice event that happened earlier in the week, it weighted down all the leftover leaves and they started to drop. So it's becoming more and more kind of naked out there, more open. This is when you see the weakness of, of where you need to have a little more evergreen out there. Yeah, about 20 to 25% of your landscape should be anchored by evergreens in the yard. If you don't have that much, it'll feel kind of barren this time of year. For now through 
middle of March, it'll feel really bare. And then finally spring kicks in and it starts to, everything else starts to wake up and leaves out. And there's a progression of, of spring kind of blooming kind of plants. Right now, the broadleaf evergreens, that's the, remember, the red tifotinias, the nandinas, cotoneasters, these things are starting to change some colors. So yes, they're evergreen, but they don't stay green. Evergreen is kind of a standard definition for it holds its foliage. But like Nandina, if it's out in full sun, this is heavenly bamboo for you Californians. California, on the West Coast, they call it uh, heavenly bamboo. Everywhere else in the country, they call it Nandina. And so this is a little shrub. Gets up about hip high or so, bright green. The new growth can have a tinge of red, but in the winter when it's in full sun, it gets this bright, stunning, even brighter than Christmas red. It's like a, it's like a fire engine red. And so this will, through now, through uh, the next two, three weeks, will become very pronounced. You go, wow, that shrub's almost glowing. It's almost a prettier holiday kind of plant than it is maybe holly, some of these others. Some of your junipers can turn this vibrant purple color, very pretty, some silver grays, yet they're usually green during the during the growing season, but they have these different tinges of colors. Your uh, pyracantha gets this dark, rich, almost purpley green to it. So there's a lot of transition going on, and, and it's the shortened days and the cold nights. That's what activates them. So some of these winter evergreens almost become prettier, more pronounced, brighter out in the yard. The ones that really take center stage, though, these are your big trees. These are Colorado spruce, Fed Albert spruce, all the pine trees. Uh, that you're bigger, the bigger plants, because they take up some real estate and they just look majestic. They're no longer competing with all that other foliage that's out there, all the shade trees that leaves have fallen down on top of them. They're growing. They're just competing for sunlight. Now they get everything. It's all them. They get all the light, all the sun, all the garden space. They're they're not. They're still actively growing. So they're setting buds. They're using some moisture, and they get it all to themselves. And they're happy about it. And you'll see them almost smiling out in the landscape. So big swooping branches of Deodore cedars. This is a good time to plant those. They're just happy with this kind of cold, bright days. They'll root out for you. And you, if you buy, I know this seems counterintuitive. There's still some ice on the ground for some of you. The rest of us, we've thawed out. But you can actually put things in the ground now and you'll get better growth next spring. So next March, April, May, you'll get better, stronger, longer candle growth by planting those now. And get to look at them all winter. They just look good. The The secret though, if you're planting now, make sure that plant, you don't put it in the ground and then you never water it. You got to actually garden with that. You got to water it. That's about it. Just water it uh, a couple times a month. Give it a good deep soak and, and they're super happy. And with evergreen trees, especially you want to stake them. So add a, just a simple stake on either side, tie it once, just if we do get a heavy snow, it's not unusual for us to get six, seven, eight inches of snow. Last winter, we had a three-foot snow. And so just it's not unusual to get these big events where we get a lot of moisture all at once and some snow could pack up. By staking those evergreens, let's say you put this beautiful Colorado spruce. So Spruce Mountain is, is one of the mountain ranges, one of the mountains here outside of Prescott. There's beautiful 
beautiful native Colorado spruce. They grow wild throughout the mountains of Arizona. They love winter. But we put stakes on them because they have these big evergreen canopies that can hold a lot of snow, like hundreds of pounds of snow. If you got a foot of snow there, you can have 50, 60 pounds, and it's loaded up on this trunk. It's not going to damage it, but it'll just kind of dunk, tip over, just in the hole, kind of go, eh, I'm going to lean this way. you got to set it back up, and it's fine. But if you just stake it, it doesn't do that. So those new root hairs that are growing out will, will stay intact. So the subsoil is still pretty warm. The topsoil is kind of icy. So these plants, they like it. They like their feet in that warmer. Un it's thawed. It's not icy. We're not in the Midwest. This is hard for you Michiganders to kind of figure out or Wisconsin folks, you poor Minnesota folks. You're thinking it gets cold, everything cold, and it's just ice for eight feet down. No, that's not how it works in Arizona. It's beautiful. Plants love it. You'll see plants actively putting on leaf buds and flower buds right now. So they're not shut down. They're getting ready for the spring flush. And so they'll do that for the next, I don't know, eight, nine weeks. Then they're just going to take a spring is here. It just goes. So uh, my favorite pine trees, Austrian pine. It looks like a, a it looks like a Colorado Nah, it looks like a ponderosa pine, long needle pine, but it holds its foliage right down to the ground. It has the shape of a Colorado spruce, but it's long green needles like a ponderosa pine. It's really pretty. A cousin is Oregon green pine. Green pine, the needles are shorter, but it has the same central leader, same swooping branches, but it looks thicker and chubbier and fuller. It's got a real, it's greener. It's kind of, it's not as traditional pine tree. But it's got a pretty shape, and you just got—you can't look away. You want to take a picture with it. The cousin to that, the third one would be Vanderwolf pine. It's a blue pine. It's sort of related to the East Coast pine, Eastern white pines. It's not, but it's sort of related to that. It has a soft, long needle to it, and it's two-toned. It's really, really pretty. And they all like—they're all draw hardy. They naturalize really well, and they love the cold. They look their best in the winter. You could grow them in containers. You can grow them out in the yard. They're pretty flexible. They're just happy being in. The, they're just happy growing here. On the spruce side, the more Christmas tree looking plants, you got Colorado spruce, number one seller. The uh, one that's sort of like that, very similar, would be Fat Albert spruce. It's a dwarf Colorado spruce. So, so Colorado spruce, they get huge. We're talking 50 foot tall by 20 foot wide. It is a big tree. Give it space. Fat Albert spruce and hoop's eye spruce. There's several that are like they're, they're dwarfed Colorado spruces. So they're typically more silver, more bright blue colors. And they, they only get up to maybe mid-teens, so 16 feet tall instead of 50 feet. But they have that same kind of shape to it, a brighter color. Uh, they're really pretty, and they'll go in any yard, any size yard. You could have a Fat Albert spruce. Other ones that are kind of like that, so we talked big trees, Diodore cedar is the fastest growing of all the, pretty much of all the trees, but of all the evergreens for sure. It's big, like 50, 60, 70 feet tall. This thing is a monster. Big swooping branches. It's almost too big for a lot of yards, but it, it's, it's big. One that's also a native, sort of like Diodore cedar, is Arizona cypress. Silver blue. It's not blue. It's silver. Central leader. Swooping, it kind of has a juniper look, but it puts on a little tiny pine cone to it. 
quite striking, and it's one of us. It's a native. It grows wild here. Get it up to size. It will grow by itself without any other care. And there's a lot more choices. Lots of evergreens here at the Garden Center right now. You could have it on a patio, enjoy it at the front door, or plant it right out in the yard. They're going to be happy either way. Got more in store for you. Hold on. Let me take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week in our Austrian pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our ponderosa pine without all the problems, and these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines, and lots of sizes to choose from, but the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. The holidays are here in the Christmas City, bringing family and friends together, and those chilly winter winds. While you're decorating the outside, don't forget to brighten your inside with exotic holiday plants from Waters. Beautiful poinsettias and Christmas cactus are coming to town, grown exclusively for Waters in colors you won't find anywhere else. Unique, vibrant, and guaranteed to warm up even the dreariest of winter days. Check your list twice for all the holiday plants only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Something I was mentioning evergreens uh, last segment. Something that you want to really watch is this point forward through, through March. This is any size, any age evergreen. This is conifers typically. Remember, conifers are pined, kind of needled, kind of evergreens. They load up with snow and ice, and so sometimes they can branch, they can break branches. So if we see a major event, and they're not, maybe there's one coming next week. I don't know, might be a white winter, white Christmas, I don't know. But just put it on your list. If you wake up and there's a lot of snow, we're talking maybe over four inches of snow or more, or if your evergreens are bending under the weight of the snow, you should go out and just sweep that the bulk of the weight, bulk of the snow off of those trees. And what I'll do is I'll take a broom and I just start from the bottom and I start sweeping side to side. I don't go up and down because sometimes you can start take that heavy weight, sweep down, and you'll break the top of the of the uh, of the tree. But if you start from the bottom, sweep side to side, all that snow will start knocking off. You can see the plant kind of perk back up, going, "Okay, I'm fine. Thanks very much." But if it stays real heavy like that. Um, and then it gets really, really cold after a storm. So after the storm clears, that's when most of the damage happens. It's not at the beginning of the storm. Yeah, we get a temperature change, but because of all the clouds, it can only get so cold. But after that storm clears off and those clouds clear off, oh my goodness, it'll go, it'll drop another 20, 30 degrees. You can go from 32, 20, high 20s down to nine degrees like that. And so there, if that if that if the sap in that tree freezes with all that weight on top and it's got this droopy look to it, the, the top is bent over, kind of Charlie Brown looking, and it gets really cold and it freezes like that, it can almost stay like it can damage a tree where it kind of 
locks in place and it forever looks kind of funky looking, swoopy, like, like it's under burden, underweight. You just don't want that. You want perky, happy, green. I'm so happy it's winter. Oh, let me show off stuff. Not, oh my gosh, I'm just tired. Why is it so cold? That's what that heavy. So taking that snow off keeps it from being misshaped and keeps the branches from breaking. So if we get another, sometimes these storms last a couple days. And so it, 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 it keeps that weight off that, that plant so you don't break a branch. It, it'll be a game changer for you. And that's really for this mid-central, mid the, the chaparral layers from like 4,000 foot to about 6,000 foot layer level of, of altitude. That's where it really you see, seems to play out. The folks that are higher, that 6, 7,000, 8,000 foot Greer, you know, those areas, you guys just get cold and it's just cold. It doesn't, it just locks into place. Things are frozen. They never, they never thaw out. But most of us in the highlands of, from Kingman to Payson and everything in between from, from uh, Cordes Junction to Skull Valley, you know, Kirklands to, to Paulden's, we're all, it's, it gets nice. It's just nicer. So we don't really freeze and stay frozen for, for two, three months. It's just nicer. Just watch that. That and Protect your faucets, the water sources. Don't let that backflow preventer freeze. Heat tape. Don't let your faucets freeze. Put a little insulative cone over it. Just kind of watch your well house. Make sure it's buttoned up. Put, make sure that heat lamp is still on. So think this is the time. So I know the well house is all insulated, but as we get colder and colder and colder, it can permeate in and do some damage. So I've made sure all my thermostatically controlled electrical outlets that control heat lamps and heat tape and that kind of stuff. They're all fresh, new. I've tested them. They're good. And I've just checked them once for winter. I've buttoned up all the insulation on the, 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 the well houses and they're good to go. And so I'm not going to have a freeze event in those houses. Just kind of a couple of things to watch in your own gardens. Hey, between now and, and well, next Saturday, Christmas, May I wish you and your family the happiest of holidays and merriest of Christmas. Have a good week, everyone. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she could pick out exactly what they were hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose, but hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand... Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.